This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting and Sales EQ, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. In this episode, we're going to dive into part three of my conversation with Anthony Inarino about the process of competitive differentiation and how asking great questions helps you get below the surface and create value, which differentiates you from your competitors and allows you to displace them or kick them out of their accounts. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you of an incredible offer that we have right now for our podcast listeners, and this is a podcast-only offer. You can get 50% off on any of our courses or subscriptions on SalesGravy University. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com and use code GRAVY123. That's GRAVY123. Now, if it was me, I would go take the effective listening course. It connects directly with the lesson that you're about to hear in my conversation with Anthony Irino, and it gives you the skills and techniques to be a better listener, which helps you get your prospects to open up, gather the information that you need to build your business case, and then kick your competitors out of their accounts. Now, here's my continuing conversation with Anthony Irino on competitive displacement and how to eat your competitors' lunch. Companies always say we're, we want to sell value or we want to be value creators. And I always say to them, you, you can't add value or sell value unless you are valuable. Right. So how, how, right. how, does that, how does that manifest itself in these types of uh, sell situations? Well, you did a good setup on this because just even thinking about what you just said. So if I go to one customer and I say the best thing that my, my service is going to do for you is, is speed to market. If that's the strategic outcome they want, then I sound different than somebody that says, I have this product or service that can do this thing for you. But if I go to somebody else and say, I can help you capture greater wallet share from your existing client database, to that person, that person goes, that's the value that I'm looking for. So that resonates with me. But there's four levels of value. And you know this because we've been on stage together a whole bunch of times. So much so I think you could actually do my speech next year and talk about your brain surgery. And, and I could talk about some of the stuff about riding horses and fox hunting. But the, the first level is your product. And so, so many people still want to talk about their product, their service, their solution. And it's just not differentiated because you have uniforms and I have uniforms. And because I have temporary staffing and you have the same pool of temporary employees we're all pulling from. So it's all the same. But when you start looking at the other levels, level two means you've got good service, good supports, good experience. The third means you can actually show up with the uniforms But if somebody says that the reason that I need to do something different, Jeb, is that I need these uniforms to be cycled three times faster than anybody else can because I have uh, three shifts and that we only have enough to to go around for these people, then you go, okay, well, I can give you speed and make sure that you have the people that you need on the line because they have what they need. That's a different conversation than saying, I can knock off 15 cents from whatever Jeb's charging. And you know, it's interesting and you know this, when you walk in, they're happy. I'm happy with what, who I'm using. And then it turns into, well, you know, there are, uh, they do a pretty good job. You know, there's a couple areas where we wish they did things different. You know, really, we've been kind of unhappy with this for a while. You know what? They kind of suck, Jeb. We were hoping that somebody would have a better idea because we haven't been able to get this done. But they start with, I don't know if you're going to be a value creator or not. So I'm going to be a little defensive here about sharing anything with you. 
And then you start asking good questions about what are you really trying to do? What's the strategic outcome? And people start to loosen up and they start to get honest with you. And you know this because you've done it. And then once they start telling you, you can very clearly find a path to a deal and differentiation because you're patient enough and you have good questions. Not that all salespeople have good questions, but good questions can help unlock that very quickly. There's a couple of things you described that I want to point out to the audience. One is, as you were describing the solution that you just cobbled together in, 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 a, in, a, in a case situation, if you listen to Anthony, he was speaking the prospect's language about their shift, about their turn, about what they were doing. And, and so that's that even though he's talking about uniforms in that moment, he's speaking their language, which which for them tells them that he understands them and he cares about them. And and what's I also think important about value is understanding in that particular situation that you're usually dealing with a person who is using someone else's money to solve their problem. So right. you have to get deep into the issues that are impacting them personally in this in this problem. The second thing you, you you talked about was getting them talking. That's why top of the funnel is so important because you've got to get in front of them to get them talking. So the quality of the questions that you're asking, provoking self-awareness of the need to change, asking questions that help them come to the conclusion in their mind that the, the situation that they're in with their current vendor or current provider is untenable, and then getting out of the way and let them talk. Um, it's called the self-disclosure loop, and it's yeah. something that Harvard discovered in a study they did in 2014, but we've always known this to be true, that typically when you go in and you ask a couple of questions that are like interrogating questions, you only get top of the iceberg. But when you ask questions and shut up and let them keep talking, what happens for people is they get a little bit of a dopamine hit to the pleasure centers of their brain as they self-disclose the problems and issues that they're having that initially they hid from you because there was an emotional wall. And as they begin to do that, they start talking. And by the way, that's why they go from, hey, we're totally happy to, oh my God, these guys suck and we need yeah, you to right. fix our problem. But it happens as a process right. of, you know, of, of getting them to just, just talk and emote and, and give, you their, you know, give you information while you just let it happen. This is why in the first book I wrote, The Only Sales Guide, I said, after someone's done talking, wait for an eight count because they're not done talking. They may, they may have paused to collect their thoughts to decide what they reveal next, if they reveal anything. But if you pause and you give them time, what they say next ends up being more important than what they just said on the surface. And if you just pay attention and give that pause, I was with a client once and they were shutting down lines because they didn't have the employees that they needed. And at some point I said, um, what does that cost you? And no one had ever asked that question before. And he said, well, might have to do some math. And I didn't say anything. He just started doing math. And he said, it costs us about $5,400 an hour for every hour the line is shut down. And I said, well, for about uh, a little over $200 a day, I can make sure you never shut your line down. End of, end of, end of discussion. You, you have to give a pause for people to come to a discovery of something about themselves. And probably the greatest observation I've made about what's changed in sales is we think discovery is them just giving us information. A lot of discovery is asking the question that causes them to discover, wait a second, it's $5,400 an hour. And if I'm down for eight hours, it's 40,000. And for 200 bucks, I could fix that problem. I need to just fix this problem. And I didn't have to say anything after I asked the question about math. 
because they figured it out on their own. So you're always trying to ask questions that cause them to say, okay, what is this? And if it's Jeb, listen, if we don't have the uniforms, we, ha- we can't run a line. Okay, well, what, is, what does that cost? What does that look like? And that's why price is elastic because the value creation can be very different. So I'm going to pay you on the value you create. You come in and you go, I got white uniforms and they're clean and I can have them delivered at seven. Okay, great. You're a commodity. Thank you for playing. But if you come and say, I can make sure you never shut your lines down. Oh, okay. Now that's a different conversation. I like you. You're more interesting. It's funny that you said that. One of the one of the biggest sales I ever made was a situation exactly like that. My competitor had shut their line down, food processing plant, and the CEO was in the room with us. And we simply asked the question, you know, what would happen if we could make a promise to you and a guarantee that you would never be in a situation where your line was shut down again? Uh, what would that mean to you? And he, he, you know, the CEO expressed exactly what it would mean to him. And uh, we came back in with a proposal that was four times the price that he had gotten from everyone else who was just pricing out the cost of a food service smock and four times as much. And he uh, chose to do business with us. I still have a letter that he wrote us because when we first met with him, he said, you guys are all the same, which you hear a lot in competitive differentiation. And uh, the letter that I have framed and I, it's something that I treasure says, I was wrong. You are, you are different and all companies are not the same. And thank you very much for, for, for helping to solve a big problem. And it came from doing discovery, walking through the plant with this guy, asking questions, learning how things were, getting hands-on, and truly understanding his business. And of course, building a relationship along the way. As we were asking questions and he was talking, we were building an emotional connection because we were listening to them and making an attempt to understand him and making him feel significant and essentially winning mind share because we were spending time with him. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Sales Gravy and be sure to go to the next episode where I continue my conversation with Anthony on competitive displacement. And don't forget to go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com to save 50% on any course or subscription on Sales Gravy University.